But if I could get my whole self in the frame, you know, yeah. like we've got a show, we've got a show to do. So I, man, mine's not, mine's not that cool. So <laughs> still, still pretty rad. You know, you in Crystal Lake, you either win or you lose. Right. So you you could you could uh, you're you're one of the few people, and we're going to talk a, a lot about the impact of music again next week. But mm-hmm. um, so. <laughs> This just happened a little while ago. I was uh, restringing my guitars. It was just time. They were starting to get, you know, thumpy. So um, I was restringing my guitars. My wife went to happy hour. So I had, you know, it was just me and the girls. And they were, can we watch TV? I'm like, just put on music. Just play something, you know? And so, um, man, I've been hitting the mother load at uh, Goodwill, picking up, cds for like a dollar 50 cents or whatever i mean i'm talking like good stuff i got like iron maiden power slave over there for like you know 20 cents the other day it was pretty pretty rad but you know um so been just stacking up cds so i get them i upload them into my computer and then they end up on the rack and the girls can play put them in their whatever so um I was finishing uploading a Go-Go's Greatest Hit CD. And um, Juliet was like, hey, can I have that? It's like, yeah. So then Autumn was like, can I have one? And she really likes that song, Zombie. That you know. So I like, gave her a CD by the Cranberries. And they listen to them on their stereos in their rooms. And they're, they're, they jam. So then I'm sitting there changing strings on my guitar. And I'm going you know their music's on juliet goes and puts in her go-go cd brings her boom box out like it's old school right <laughs> the, go- the go-go's are playing so then she starts asking questions about the go-go's and i don't know anything about the go-go's i'm just like yeah you know they were early 80s pop punk band and now they're not i don't know yeah. and so she went and got the ipad and started looking up the, yeah uh, there's uh they've got quite a backstory <laughs> they do However, what was awesome about it was not the fact, like, it was awesome because I was thinking of myself and like we were talking about old magazines and Rolling Stone and Spin and liner notes. She dug up, she, she read all up on the Go-Go's and she was like, oh, hey, you know, the, 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 the guitar player wrote all the songs and, you know, Belinda Carlisle, she did this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was just sitting there spouting off. And I'm sitting there being like, man, I'm a proud dad because that's me. That is me. And then Autumn was like, well, she's got her favorite CD. So she went and got the Cranberry CD. And I saw it coming from 100 miles away. And I was like, (laughs) but then Juliet looked it up and she's like, "Um, the singer from the Cranberries died. And Autumn is grieving like she she's just absolutely devastated yeah that that she died she's like why did she die i'm like i'm like baby i cried about that one too like it happens accidents happen and you know it sucks but but poor kid i'm just like man this is a kind of happy evening and you just not like i wasn't you just draw brought it brought everybody down but man that was a downer like (laughs) so uh I'm going to leave all the pre-roll in because that's going to roll us into next week. But, um, you know, it's awesome, man. What's that? Spaceballs. Without a doubt. (laughs) So there was a, there was a long period of time and, I wouldn't say Mel Brooks was the only, because he most certainly was not, but he was the master of, but there was a lot of spoof films that came out, you know, so disaster spoof films like Airplane, and then, you know, you had parody shows like Saturday Night Live, and, you know, it kind of fell off in the 90s because it stopped being... Like there's a lot of visual gags in movies like Spaceballs, but it's it stopped being, I guess, a, a a parody or a tribute, and more kind of a poking, like making fun of the genre. It wasn't it right. wasn't 
it was no longer nice and it was no long, you know, it wasn't just like, ha ha, let's laugh at ourselves. It was like kind of mean almost. Right. And then, and in, in, in the meanness, the creativity went away and it kind of got stupid. So when I mentioned things like space balls to, to my wife, for example, she was like, isn't that just like everybody's making fun of everything? And the answer is, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, truly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's very much a send up. It's a tribute. It's almost a roast. Like it's a sure. It's an yeah. inspirational sort of thing. And um, but I didn't know that. I mean, I was a kid, so I was just like, I mean, I rec yeah. I recognized what they were parodying, but it was still fun. It was a good space movie. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, that the whole line of Mel Brooks films, I mean, if you look at them in that aspect of more of a roasting than a, you know, making total fun of the genre, you're exactly right. I mean, that's that's what made his movie stand out. Uh, they're just as kooky and crazy as a lot of the other stuff that's out there, but it's done with a bit more flair. Mm -hmm. And plus, he had credibility. I mean, people actually wanted to be in his movies. <laughs> Well, true. I mean, especially like, well, you look at pretty much all of his movies, they've got an all-star cast. Yeah. And you, you got A-lists. You got A-list comedians, yeah. A-list actors, um, yeah. singers, dancers, writers, you know, set designers, the whole thing. I mean, it's a it's a straight up Hollywood film that's yeah. that's just got a little bit of goofiness, you know, funny script, you know. And what's what's funny about this one as well is the fact of it's really separated from the original trilogy movies too. It didn't happen like right after, you know, Return of the Jedi. I mean, you're you're several years away. Mm -hmm. It's just weird that, you know, I guess because I did notice something when I was watching it again. It's like, and it's it's bad when Mel Brooks's movie has better special effects than a lot of the Star Wars knockoff movies. <laughs> Well, dude, that was one of those things that that was like, you know, we men we, we mentioned uh, Strange Brew the other day, and you know, Strange Brew is not a a, a big budget movie by any right. stretch. You know, they're yeah. they're inside them their inside joke is their special effects. You know, they've got they got a special effects budget and they were using it and making fun <laughs> of it. Um, but the crafting around it and like the fact that they was low budget and whatever did not, they didn't shy away from making a good movie that was smart. Right. Like they, they still spent whether they, whether or not they spent the money on it, they spent the time making sure that, okay, this doesn't make sense and we don't have the money to make it make sense. So how do we make the nonsense work? Right. right. And you, you, you understand that there's like writers sitting around in a room being like, okay, we can, we can do this or this or this. And I think space ball is the same way. It's like, they've got the budget. We're going to make it work, but right. you know, it's gotta be funny. Like it can't yeah. just be dumb. Like right. even, even when it's dumb, it still hits. And let's, yeah. let's, that's, that's, and we've talked about this before. I think it's, that's a problem I have with a lot of parody movies. Just I mean, when, I, when I instantly, I, I think of like the Hot Shot movies, right? To me, it's hard for me to watch those because it's like trying to be Zucker Brothers, but it's just not there. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's missing that, that flair or something. You know, same thing here. I mean, you know, there's something that Mel Brooks does and a prime example is when he gets, uh, he goes into the, uh, where they're going to beam him into the, the other part of the ship and it messes up and he says, screw it this time. I'll just walk. And it's just the Rex room over. Mm -hmm. That's Mel Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> and again, very smart because in a lot of, in a lot of ways, in, in like Star Trek and whenever they beam them yeah. back and forth, you don't know how far they're actually, you know, right. it's because and, and that's an insight. It's a smart insight from somebody who understands how movies are made because like, I can't remember what sitcom it was, but I remember it was just like such a downer because it was like, you, you saw that the, the sets 
were on a giant revolving because it was like live in front of studio audience, but it was like on a big revolving. So you had to like the living room and then they turn it and it was the kitchen and they turn it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, it, it killed the magic because, right. you know, it's like it in, you know, in Star Trek space, it's like, okay, beam me up and they go, and then it's like, they literally walk, like walk through a door and they're in the next scene. Right. And they just turn the set and turn the cameras on. And that's right. Hollywood magic. And that's awesome because you're in a whole different world. But for like somebody like Mel Brooks, that's an inside joke to like set Absolutely. design. And it's so it goes deeper than just like, well, yeah, I'll just walk. <laughs> it's just like right well, there. The scene where they're where they're having the big duel, at, you know, towards the not to spoil anything yet. But when one of the camera guys gets hit mm-hmm. during the fight, I mean, you know. Which makes you makes <laughs> makes you wonder about that dude that like the the meme with the guy in uh, Mandalorian, where they captured yeah. like in the in the in the fight yeah. and you had like the the guy's it's leg. Right I wonder if they're like, hey, let's let's hit Mel Brooks back a little bit, <laughs> like because there is actually a cameraman in danger because he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pause real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. There it is, Planet Druidian. Underneath the air shield, 10,000 years of fresh air. We must get through that air shield. We will, sir. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination to the air shield, thereby destroying planet Druidia and saving planet Spaceball. Everybody got that? Spaceballs, the movie. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good. What's going on? It's either the 4th of July, or someone's trying to kill us! Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Slotkin will give your daughter back her old nose! No! Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle 5, coming in. Lone Star. First, they must learn the secrets of yogurt. Yogurt? I am the keeper of a greater magic. The Force? No, the Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet. Tell them to comb the desert, you hear me? Comb the desert! Found anything yet? We ain't found... Battle the entire Spaceball army. Shut my ear. Holy! And escape the clutches of Dark Helmet. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Abandon ship. Proceed to escape pods. What the hell's the matter with this seat, fella? When does this happen in the movie? Spaceballs, the movie. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing? And may the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> All right, that's Mr. Mom. I don't have a wife at home right now. <laughs> she, she's she's out doing a thing, and I heard a kid, and they're like, "I'm hot." I'm like, All right, oh yeah. Turn the air down and <laughs> we're good to go. <sighs> All right. So, you know, we, we've talked about Star Wars a lot on this show and oh, yeah. how, you know, much of a cultural impact it had on everything. And it really does. I mean, it's, it's, but I think for, for guys like us, the cultural impact is a lot bigger for us than it is for sure. pretty much everybody that came after us. Cause even though there was right. like six star Wars movies, eight, nine star Wars movies that came out after. And they, they, they've done their, their, their billion dollars in merchandising. So I'm not going to diminish them or whatever, right. but the cultural significance were everybody. It's like star Wars. Now, you know, you'll have a, 
debate about whether it was good or not or whether it was worthy or not but kids are still playing right. with darth vader figures absolutely so in our in our time yeah. every stick was a blaster and if it was long and straight enough it was a lightsaber yeah. every hat every every hard hat of any kind whether it was an oil field hard hat or a bicycle helmet or a motorcycle that was a stormtrooper helmet or darth vader helmet. like <laughs> like star wars was inside of our blood absolutely and when Spaceballs came out i mean it was a risk but mel brooks it was he didn't shy away from pissing people off in any <laughs> in any sort of way yeah. I mean, tame by comparison but um you know you got it like oh it's a movie making fun of movies and then so you, you go into it again i was a kid so i was just like hell yeah they got lasers i'm in <laughs> like, i'm done but uh again with the with the heart that it that it has and the fact that the special effects are really good the story's good yeah it's fun i mean it's a, it's a i mean it's a similar story to star wars i mean there's not a whole lot of difference to it you know you got a a, a princess that's you know kidnapped and far from home and you got a prince that doesn't know he's a prince that's yeah. you know, hired to go save her and you got scoundrels and aliens and all kinds of weird stuff along the way you know um, it's all the it's all the side characters though that that really makes it stand out to just like you know prince Valium, right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so you've got these characters that you know it's it's just poking fun and everything but the fact of you know, Prince Valiant, Prince Valium, mm-hmm. kind of see the humor there and, and just the way they play it up. I mean, uh, the whole concept of clean air mm-hmm. is, is what it's all about, you know. Well, and Which I love be, that. I, lo- I love that how President, he's like, the yeah. Perrier. <laughs> it's like, what do, you, what, what do you have to say about the air shortage? He's like, he's like I have nothing ah, to say about this time. Nothing to worry about. <sighs> he's got the little canned air. Yeah, and, which I, which also is, is is pointing at the whole you know the corporate stuff, right? Because you know here's a guy that's sniffing air out of a can, who's in charge of everything. That obviously this is a money making deal. It's not we're in a crisis. This is you know it's oil companies, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know it's it's you know they're kind of poking at all that kind of stuff. And who better to play it than Mel Brooks himself, right? I mean. <laughs> kind of what makes it work well setting up the story you've got two movies that are famous for this intro sequence yeah um and then a third one that has become a classic and that third one space balls but the the long (laughs) ship intro which would be the star destroyer in the first star wars and then it's going to be the nostromo and alien Right. Where, you know, the ship just keeps going and going and going. And it's just a tribute to technology and and space travel and industry and all of that stuff. It's just like you've just got this massive ship that just how big is it? And then, you know, you've got the planet Spaceball that's just as big as all of them and just as awesome, you know, <laughs> like it's the first three minutes of the film is just watching the ship go by. I mean, it's that big, you know? <laughs> well, and if you can like, they've got the scroll like star Wars and at the bottom, it's like, and yeah. if, you, if you can read this, you don't need glasses, you, don't need glasses. Yeah. you know, it's like every yeah. there's, there's nothing that's sacred in any of it. And it's, it's again, dude, I used yeah. to watch space balls. I used to watch baseballs a lot. <laughs> it was on cable. We had a VHS tape that I'm sure got recorded off a of cable. But, yeah. um, you know, just the... There, there was a certain, obviously, there's a certain ridiculousness to it. But then there's also a sort of, again, lived-in universe of this just... Yeah. You know, like... How would space be? You'd have to imagine space would be pretty freaking weird. You know, it's like, because you've got our planet, like right now, our planet where like everything's going crazy and nobody really kind of knows which side is up. And then you multiply that by thousands and just have everybody just kind of in spaceports everywhere. It would be a very weird place. 
Sure. And how you, how do you navigate that? You know, like what can anybody do that's not insulting to somebody somehow, you know, <laughs> which, you know, brings us to the end of the movie with, with uh, Barf where he's like just sitting there and his tail's like tickling the waitress's ass <laughs> and she's like, Hey, <laughs> he's like, sorry, man. <laughs> like got a mind of his own. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> But you bring, I was going to say, you, you, you bring in this cast of characters, though. Yeah. That's just. <laughs> Again, it's, it's what Mel Brooks is known for, right? Because if you think about any set of movies that he's done, I mean, you go all the way back to the early stuff, but even up to the point of like Blazing Saddles, you start thinking about who's in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. You think about Young Frankenstein, you think about who's in that movie. Um, I'm even a fan of the stuff that kind of came out before this, uh, uh, silent movie. I don't know if you ever saw that or not, mm-hmm. but it's, it's Harvey Corbin, Harvey Corbin. It's, uh, uh, Dumb Marty Feldman, and, uh, Mel Brooks riding around in a convertible all through Hollywood, trying to get stars to be in the movie, but it's a silent, the whole movie's a silent movie. I mean, even the movie you're watching is a silent okay. movie. And the only person that says a word in the whole movie is Marcel Marceau. Who <laughs> is known for not saying who, stuff. Who is a mime, right? He says, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that, that brings me to like, I, I, again, I was a kid and I got most of the jokes because I'd seen most of the movies. Yeah. I'd seen all the Star Wars movies. I'd seen Star Trek. I'd seen, I'd, I'd seen like stuff like the black hole. And I don't, I'd probably seen alien. Um, but there, there was, there was a lot of stuff that if I hadn't seen the movie, I kind of got the reference based on sure. what was going on yeah. that like, for example, um, you mentioned Marcel Marceau whenever uh, in Beetlejuice, when, when he's like, Oh, you know, you remember this guy, he brought us the talking Marcel Marceau uh, statue. It was, it was a sensation. And they're looking at him because they're the, like, that does not make sense. I didn't right. know who that guy was when I was watching Beetlejuice and I was like 12, 13 uh, years old, you know? Um, but like my kids are all big into Looney Tunes now. And it is amazing to me how many weird references are in Looney Tunes. Like, sure between the classical music and then they just mention stuff that's and then you get into something like scooby-doo where they're like hey let's bring in guest stars from like vaudeville <laughs> like, right um there was there was kind of i think an entertainment continuum that ended at the end of 90s or at the end of the 80s where it was yeah. like okay we're gonna sit the 70s was eat up with old vaudeville style actors, music. I mean, I remember on the gong show, there's people on there that were teenagers and they were singing these songs from the 20s and 30s. And I'm just going, why? <laughs> you know? Yeah, what but is it, going on? Yeah, it's definitely an influence. But I, I see why, because... When you start putting the pieces of, of the puzzle together and you kind of see where all this relates, just like, you know, we had the 50s sock hops back when we were in school. It's all relative to your parents, right? Mm-hmm. So your kids are getting into the go-go's and all this stuff because of what they've been around, right? And it's funny how you can see that trend throughout the TV shows and the movies that we love. And again, that's what's so weird about it. I just wonder if it just took him that long to maybe get the rights to be able to release this movie or, you know, was there other things that were, you know, just didn't quite have them where he wanted them just yet. Or I, don't I would know. have to it's, say that the, the fact that Spaceballs exists means that Mel Brooks is either extraordinarily convincing or he's got good lawyers because yeah. I mean, yeah. And he comes from that old school, him and Carl Reiner, right? But, but, George, Lu- from- but George Lucas is known for sending cease and desist orders to kids oh, playing yeah. the Imperial March in, in their in their yeah. marching band. Right. Like, it's not like they're going to cost him a penny 
and he's going right. to spend twenty thousand dollars to like stop him from doing it. But he's just that much of a jerk. So you look at Spaceballs, like it's like, it, and it's like uh, something like Weird Al. You know, it's like I I saw that that thing that says like, like Weird Al is is relevant more than most of the like most of the artists he parodied are gone. They're no longer relevant, and he's still trucking. But still but the, but the people that refused his his mm-hmm. I guess second life on things are yeah. are also irrelevant too. So the ones that let him like Michael Jackson, Michael right. Jackson was huge, right? Like yeah. He's, a, he's still huge, but I mean, he was like the top star of everything. And then Weird Al comes along and is like, I'm going to make total fun of you. And he's like, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Right. And it has to be that thing. To and wear. all it really does is make Michael Jackson more famous. Exactly. And that, so, that, that may be where Mel Brooks is. One, probably George Lucas was probably a fan of Mel Brooks, right? So I guess some people would even see it as an honor for Mel Brooks to even want to parody something I created. Mm-hmm. So there may be that part of it, but also there's that selling point of, you know how many people are going to go back and watch all the Star Wars movies because of this movie? Oh, yeah. Big time, because they're... Yeah. It's <laughs> it's better than the whole prequel trilogy, for sure. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a better story. By far, <laughs> and a lot more fun to watch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and again, the, the cast, like you said, when you, when you look at this cast, you know, Joan Rivers is 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 the the female C three PO dot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's perfect, right? Because she is annoying. <laughs> but that was her job. That was what's great right, exactly. because C three. C-3PO was annoying too, but he was a protocol right. droid. That was his job was to be like, and, and, and like you, you get these things as an adult and you kind of forget, but like he, C-3PO in the movies, he introduces himself several times and explains that my job is human cyborg relations. I translate robots and I also know 6 million languages. Yeah. How many problems throughout the entire Star Wars series would have been solved if everybody would have just stopped and asked 3PO what's going on. Because he right. knew the answer. Because he could understand what they were saying. Yeah. But they were like, oh, he's just annoying. So shut him up and turn him off. And <laughs> <laughs> it's that, 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 whatever. But yeah, um, Princess Vespa, you know, yeah. like she's... yeah. The, the, the thing that gets her is like, it, it, you know, like, I won't talk. Like, you're going to talk because I'll, <laughs> I'll give you back your old nose. Ah. <laughs> She's a, dru- a Druish princess. <laughs> yeah. Funny she don't look Druish. <laughs> Which is funny, too, because if you watch that, you're like, oh, I don't know. They, they certainly wouldn't say a lot of those jokes now because of, like, the whole anti-Semite thing. And she's like, I didn't know back then like i didn't know what semite meant or anti like right. i i didn't understand that joke like when i was no, a kid I, I didn't it's I didn't. different it's, it's different when it's coming from a jewish guy though well of course <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but it was just like i don't i don't get it like i don't whatever yep. but but it's still kind of funny <laughs> i feel like everybody else is laughing so i'm gonna go ahead and giggle yeah. but uh so what you have the plot of this movie is you have planet spaceball which is a giant ship that's floating around through space and it's helmed by the evil lord helmet dark helmet <laughs> let's face it man the only thing that really makes this movie work again rick moranis man dude and, and <laughs> as a as opposed to uh, strange brew is he's actually kind of playing straight in this one right like he he actually dark helmet has a function yeah. and he, he's playing kind of almost against type well like he's totally playing against type because dark helmet's supposed to be darth vader he's supposed to be evil and imposing and he's he's got the deep voice and he's got the the mystique 
but then he pops his helmet open and he's just like this little nerd underneath and he's just like <laughs> glasses and the whole shebang right <laughs> we can't breathe in this thing <laughs> yeah, there is a moment where he turns into the mckenzie brothers though when when he does get slammed into the front of the ship and he kind of goes Okay. Did we stop? I mean, he 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 instantly becomes that character, you know. (laughs) Well, I think, like you said, it's a send up to like bureaucracy and like you know oil companies or whatever, because he is he he is second to the top guy. He's in charge of everything, and everybody's scared of him. But he is completely clueless as to how to do anything other than to yell at people and threaten them. Yeah. Like he doesn't actually have, he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a strategy. He's just like, yeah. okay, tell me what's going on. And everybody's like, this is what's going on. He's like, you call that a radar? Or like, uh, no, that's Mr. Coffee. He's that's like, Mr. Coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, everybody on the, everybody on the ship is smarter than he is. Yeah. You know? But, but he's got this cool outfit. So he's the main bad guy. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that whole like going to plaid thing. Because that's the yeah. thing. Everybody on the ship is smarter than him. And he's like, he's like, stop preparing for it. Just go. He's like, just, just go. <laughs> go to light speed. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Yeah. They've gone to plaid. Which uh, brings you to John Candy, who right. who is you meet him. He, he's he's dancing, eating Scooby snacks in the Winnebago to Bon Jovi. To Bon Jovi, yeah. <laughs> Which just... is another thing I always love too. It's like, wow, the, I mean, they're they're making a movie about the future in outer space, and the music is still, you know, Bon Jovi and you know, hair band music. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, and, and you know, Bill Pullman. So let me let I me ask you a question, real quick aside. Did you ever get him confused with Bill Paxton? No, not. I mean, only in name every once in a while. But I mean, there's it. It definitely doesn't make me get them confused because they're they're totally different ends of the spectrum, right? Dude, like <laughs> I never did either. But then I read read like I saw something one time. It was it was a website or meme or whatever. It was like people get them confused all the time. Oh, yeah. and. Like I understand, like you said, by your name, like every now and then you're sure. But, but then I read the thing that was like Twitter was like, oh, like, are you serious? That guy. Wow. My wife was like, oh, you know, like he died. I was like, he did. But she was talking about Pullman. And I was yeah. like, Pullman didn't die. Yeah. She's like, no, <laughs> he he was the guy from like independence day and so i was like yeah i know who he is but he didn't he's not the guy who died she's like well who died i was like the guy from titanic right and she's like wait and she like google him up and she like googled him and was like yeah that guy and she showed me bill pullman i was like he did not die yeah right she's like but who are we talking about i'm like spaceball she's like haven't seen it in like forever i was like Dude, I don't know what to tell you, but they, they're they not the same guy. Right. <laughs> but a, like apparently a, a lot of people have that confusion. It's a weird sort of thing. Well, I don't. It's like David Keith and Keith David, right? That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, you have to think about it to get it right, you know, because you have to think about which one is which, because they're obviously don't look anything alike, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the name, you know, that's just flipping the name back and forth, and that can really throw you. But I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I saw Bill Pullman first in this, in Spaceballs, or if I saw him in uh, Rain, uh, Serpent and Rainbow first. It was I right around remember. the same time. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know which one I saw first, but I mean, I instantly became a fan of Bill Pullman because of these two movies, mm-hmm. right? And well, in Serpent and uh, the Rainbow. Which I don't want to go on a long tangent. Serpent and the Rainbow was a, was the only reason that I could tell that it wasn't pretty much a documentary was because I think I'd seen him in other movies. Right. Like I, I right. could I knew that it was safe because it was him. Like I yeah. but 
Serpent in the Rainbow is disturbing as hell. That's a messed up movie, man. It so, really is. <laughs> it's yeah. one of Scott's favorites from Scary Dad. He's like, oh, yeah. you know, Serpent in the Rainbow. I'm like, man, that's all. That's a tough watch. It's, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's creepy imagery, right? I mean, that, that movie is full of it. And yeah. Anyways, that's for a different show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, like, man. Space. I mean, he is Lone Star. I mean. He's perfect, right? Because he does kind of have that Han Solo kind of look about it, that Harrison Ford kind of, you know, machismo. Uh, him running with a gun. Yeah, you can substitute that for, for Harrison Ford, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it, it just works. Well, and I like how the fact that they, they combined him with Luke Skywalker, but they made him the yeah. cooler one. Right. Like, they, right. They, they, they combined Han and Luke into one character, but they, yeah. they made it the Han character because, yeah, he's he's badass you know (laughs) and the fact that they're flying a winnebago (laughs) you know it's just like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i'm just trying to figure out where that was how they come up with that gag right because you're going millennium falcon (laughs) winnebago (laughs) i mean the inside of the falcon kind of does look like a you know, it, it does look yeah. kind of like an RV, but um, you know, regardless, he like grabs the princess and like pulls her in. He was like, "Hey, I'm Barf." She's like, "Not in here. It's a Mercedes." <laughs> like, like you still have name brands, which right. you know, kind of you you don't think about that in terms of like the Star Wars universe, which would be a big deal because like even in in uh, the first Star Wars when they go to Moss Eisley and he's like, well, you have to sell your speeder. And as like, I don't want to skip by it too, but, but the, the, the whole star Wars situation of being a lived in world, as yes. opposed to like everything that came after it, where like Luke has to sell his speeder and he comes back and he's only got so much because he's like, he's like, there's just no demand since the XK sevens came out. Yeah. Like, it's a real world like you can't just it like spaceships don't just sit there waiting for somebody to hop into them and ride them into the sunset like it it's a it it's a it's a car they 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 age i mean and you you get upgrades and and some handle better than others and you know you had to have a a purpose for it right and it's funny because both movies you mentioned as the kickoff of this and kind of the tip the hats to both Alien and Star Wars gave you that lived-in look, man, and that's that's that thing that ties it all together. And let's face it, the reason Star Wars is what it is is because it changed the way it you looked at space. Mm-hmm. It really did, and and it's that worn, you know, that lived-in kind of look about it that makes it more believable. Well, and I think that's what makes in Spaceballs. I think that's what makes. The, yeah. the Winnebago work because you know sure you get you get a it's, little get literally a, get a, lived in <laughs> you get a few you get a few upgrades and you know maybe maybe it can fly um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know you've got what is it I planet it's a uh, planet Druidia. Druidia it's like got the air and Spaceball wants the air so yeah they're going to come over here and like capture the princess. And he's like, Nope, you know, I grab the princess and put her on. the. And then the, the bounty, like the reward that he's been given to save the princess <laughs> is not worth the problem. <laughs> because they crash. Well, I mean, what, what, what is he getting out of it? Right. Because he's, he's having to raise the money to pay off. Pizza the Hut. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, th- I don't hey. think there was anybody that ever, like you were ever taught watching that movie with. You were never watching that movie with anybody. Whenever they announced that Pizza died, you know he ate himself <laughs> to death. They're like, no, he didn't. That his sidekick <laughs> ate him. <laughs> uh. Uh, again it's just it's 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 cheesy <laughs> but extra cheesy but uh it works man it's wonderfully I mean, cheesy it's, it's he's uh well what's bad is 
Pizza the Hut looks better <laughs> than the Jabba that they went back and put in episode four and five. <laughs> he does. Again, you know, <laughs> with Strange Brew, we went kind of play by play on the whole plot. And it's just like yeah. what it meant. Dude, me and my friends used to play Spaceballs. That's how, like, wow. we, played, we played Star Wars. But every now and then we'd play Spaceballs. Just because, huh. like, it was a kind of an easier call out. Be like, you know, like, okay, I'm Lone Star. You know, and it, again, stupid kid imaginations you know just like yeah. okay but at the same time it's like i don't you're you're it had that big of an effect it was that good of a movie sure that and, and we knew it was a send-up we weren't we didn't think yeah. it was real but it was still like like you said the special effects were good the story is good the acting the acting is awesome <laughs> because even though these people know they're in a parody film, they still played their characters. Yeah. That's that's and, and even even when their characters get sidelines, like these are not them; these are their stunt doubles. But <laughs> I was again watching it the other night. I was like, man, this this holds up so well because I think the quality control of Mel Brooks being like, right. we are making we we're making fun of it, but we're not ripping it apart. Yeah, it's like it's a it is a tribute. It's funny. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be lighthearted comedy. We're not going to hurt it. You know what I mean? It was definitely tying into the time that it came out, too, because I think about again, I totally forgot about it. But you had the double mint twins in there, right? That Mel Brooks, when he's the, you know, the bad guy is like in bed with the double mint twins. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, kind of forgot (laughs) about that. So people watching it now would totally not know what that means, you know, but I mean, they were one of those things that just happened to become famous, just like the Where's the Beef Lady, right? Yep. It was a big There's deal. no real explanation of how they became famous. They just did. Well, that's because those commercials were everywhere and you had the double yeah. mint twin. They like it was double mint gum. So you had two <laughs> alike looking yeah. girls on bicycles and chewing gum and stuff. Yeah. You know, you know that in Friday the thirteenth, part four. Jason kills the double mint twins. Yeah. And one of them tries to get away on a bicycle. Like it's like, <laughs> it's a complete send up to the whole commercial, but like, um, which was a, a weird trivia that I just ran across the other day, but, but no, the double yeah. mint twins was a big deal. And again, I think that's that thing that, that, you know, it, those things you feel like could either could really date it, but the fact of even you watch it now and you had no idea who they were, it didn't matter. I mean, he was in bed with a pair of twins, and that's that's the extent of it, right? And he's it's like, still kind of funny. He's like, "What's up, Sherry?" He's like, "I'm Terry." He's like, "What up, so Terry?" Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm Sherry. I'm he's Sherry. like, "Chew your gum." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have to wonder if Wrigley had their finger on that one. Like, okay, we'll give give you this, but you have to mention the gum, right? <laughs> Well, you probably could get away with more stuff back then, too, because until the movie came out, you really didn't know what was in a lot of it, right? So, you know, what's Wrigley going to do, right? I mean... <laughs> well, and they I mean, they didn't name check them or anything. It was just, right, it was just right. funny. Um, well, again, you know, coming back to Rick Moranis and John Candy, because <laughs> you've got pretty much opposite ends. You've got You've got evil side and, and good side. And of course, yeah. you know, you got Joan Rivers and you got Bill Pullman, but John Candy is pretty much the heart of the good side of things. You know, he's barf. Sure. He's the mog. He's mog. he's part man, part dog. <laughs> he's <laughs> I'm my own best friend. You know, <laughs> he just <laughs> and he, he is kind of the voice of reason in the the whole mess, but you know, again, like I said in in the old episode with Strange Brew and Canadian, John Candy, Rick Moranis, whether they're playing straight, whether they're playing stupid, or whether they're playing somewhere in between, they're magnetic. They just draw yeah. you in. Like, you just yeah. can't help but watch them. You can't help but laugh. 
Um, I mean, John Candy is like the ultimate tragic clown sort because, you know. Yeah. But he's so fun to watch. And especially in a costume character, he's just and like because the 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 whatever the animatronic that they have on his head where every time he raises his eyebrow and yeah. different <laughs> stuff is like it's like and then again Rick Moranis is just like the 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 the, the dumb bureaucrat like he's got no <laughs> business being in charge but he's in charge yeah. Lone Star <laughs> No, I hate I hate yogurt, even with raspberries. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's like, oh, we've been we've been jammed. Like yeah, so many little one-liners again that have yeah. a little more depth to things. But Michael uh, Winslow, Michael Winslow making the sounds, and of course the best the best part of that is when he gets on the little intercom thing and calls the commander over there. And he keeps talking. He's like, you don't need that. He sits it down. He still sounds the same way without yeah. it. <laughs> Mick <Mick-Rennis laughs> picks up that little phone thing and slams it down again. Like it's still that coming out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's where they get jammed, right? <laughs> raspberry. There's only one person that'd give me the raspberry. That's Lone Star. <laughs> again, you've got Mike Winslow where he's like, right. <laughs> I've lost the beeps, the gleeps, and the bloops. <laughs> yeah, the 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 what is it? The 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 sweeps, the the bleeps, and the creeps. <laughs> it's like the bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just uh, it's that thing where, to me, the funnier stuff is the stuff that was happening on the bad guys ship than was happening with. The people that we're supposed to be identifying with, and oh well, no, again, the, good, the good guys are Mel awesome, Brooks. but the but the bad guys are, yeah. Well, even well, just like you know the whole comb the desert thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> have you found anything? <laughs> Nothing here, sir. <laughs> well, yeah. and then I mean, Lord Helmet has a whole different giant yeah. helmet, safari hat. <laughs> <laughs> With just two holes cut in it for his eyes. I mean, stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Well, even at the end, after after Spaceball One turns into a Transformer and turns into <laughs> Mega Maid, and uh, <laughs> the uh, self destruct button goes off. <laughs> yeah, and she gets you know everything goes wrongly, and 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 you've got the end or the beginning of the end or the end of uh, planet of the apes about yes. to happen. Yeah. And then you have three survivors from planet Spaceball. Again, that's a planet of space balls that has <laughs> been destroyed. And you've got three guys crawling out of it. And, and the guys on the beach are like, well, there goes the planet because they're here. Like they're bureaucrats. <laughs> that's the thing is just straight up. Like we're in trouble. Because these yeah. inept, power-hungry guys are here to yeah. mess things up. Which you would think they would immediately go, like, throw their weighted nets and just, like, capture these guys and, like, right. paralyze them. But, nope, space balls are here. Oh, right. where there goes the planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, how about, you know, yogurt? The whole scene with yogurt starts off a little bit Wizard of Oz, right? The big, <laughs> the big steaming statue and all that stuff, and and it's all about the merchandising. I merchandising, mean, merchandising. <laughs> Again, Spaceballs the T-shirt. Mm, Spaceballs the T-shirt. <laughs> Spaceball the toilet paper. I mean, he just started naming everything off. <laughs> oh, and that whole. It's like, oh, well, we might find the the answer to that secret in Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. <laughs> the search for more money. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, didn't he did not pull any punches. He's right. just like, nope, we make sequels to make more money. Like it's it 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 really is. If you've never seen Spaceballs, man, you really need to. It's yeah. It's amazing. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, again, 
this whole fresh eyes on things, you know, like watching it again for the first time, man, I've seen more movies probably in the last couple of years that I've seen a dozen times, but I haven't seen them in like a while. So sitting down and watching them because we're going to do a podcast on them just makes you just, you, you're seeing it because like, oh, we've got to talk about stuff. So I'm going to pay more attention. I'm not yeah. going to look at my phone. I'm not going to just assume that I know everything. I'm going to actually watch things. Yes. And it really does. It's like the deep listen on music. It's a deep listen on a record where it's like, sit down, don't scroll. Don't, don't hit fast forward. Don't choose your favorite tracks. Just play a record straight through. Even yeah. if it's the greatest hits comp, just play it because it's the yeah. greatest hits. You might as well listen to all the good songs it enriches the experience it makes it better it, yeah. it, it, it's so much fun to sit there and watch a show watch a movie from beginning to end like you used to when you were a kid and just kind of <laughs> man when she busts when she busts out that machine blaster to take up <laughs> because they because they shot her hair shot her hair <laughs> And she's been yeah. just a royal bitch the whole time, and she's just useless. <laughs> and then, boom, she blasts her hair, and she's like, <laughs> just mows them down, man. Rips them out, and like <laughs> John Candy's ears pop up. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, it's so cool, and it's such I a love, great scene. <laughs> but my my favorite scene is there's there's two I can think of just right off the bat, but I love the whole. You know the 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 going through ludicrous speed and then stopping and it slams him in and and they're asking him, "Sir, are you okay?" Oh yeah, yeah. You know that whole scene there. And he's like, "Just take a five minute break." <laughs> and yeah. he just falls out. And I love. Smoke, you got him. Smoke, you got him. <laughs> and I absolutely love the whole videotape scenario, mm. right? Because one, as as as. As crazy of an idea that they were making right there, we're almost kind of there, right? Yeah. I mean, to be a, oh, we, we have the technology now to release a videotape of the movie before it's even finished. <laughs> well, and the fact that they used the tape to find out where Lone Star is, it's just brilliant, man. It's brilliant. It's, and, and showing the scene where, you know, where he has the wreck, it's like, ah, skip this part. Don't yeah. ever show that part again. Let's not <laughs> Well, dude, again, like whenever he pauses right on the right side yeah. where it's like the CC camera. And yeah. this is one of those things where like it's, it's Abbott and Costello, right? It becomes an Abbott and Costello kit. It, it, it is, but it's also like movie magic. It's it's yeah. simplistic. It's it's an easy situation because you know how it was done. Right. Not, I mean, you, you can just look at it and be like, oh, well, they've got a camera filming them as they're doing their scene, right? Like, it's, right. it's not that it's that difficult, but right. the way that they put it together is so seamless that he pushes yeah. the stop button right now yeah. to where they're synced up and, and, the, and, and they're like looking and like, <laughs> and, and like they don't see the camera, like they don't know where the video's coming from. They're just kind of like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> But the the way that it's played out is so good that you're like, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. That's the, the 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 conversation they have back and forth about what just happened right now. Well, you just missed it. When? Right now. Yeah. Where's it at? Just went by. I mean, yeah. it's all Abbott and Costello. Who's on first? You know. But it's it's <laughs> so good. It's it's movie magic that lets you. It's it. I guess it's like uh, almost like a pen and teller. Where it's like, yeah. it's like, okay, here's this awesome trick, and here's how we did this. How we did it. But right. also, yeah. here's this awesome trick again. And even though you know how we did it, you're still amazed because it's awesome. Right. And yeah. that's what I meant by like the camera thing. It's like it's the sure. the, the easiest special effect in the world. But yeah. when you're watching it, like I, I guess the the best because they've got the little fast forward and uh, the the tape sound. Yeah. Where it's like stop. And like everything's yeah. kind of moving in fast motion and it's like stop. And then everything syncs up in a perfect, like, yeah, right now since I'm always happy. Like they didn't, they didn't <laughs> overshoot it in some way. <laughs> and that's just, movie, 
it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. And and it creates that conversation to have afterwards where he keeps saying, Who? Where? How? You know, <laughs> I don't I don't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> it just works, man. That <laughs> and catching the stunt doubles. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's hilarious. <laughs> What's funny is, and I had never watched this close before. But that actually is their stunt doubles because there is yeah. a, there there is a scene. Um, it's it's um, I guess it's the John Candy stunt double. Like a couple scenes later, and they're like going through their whole thing, and like they jump or like something happens, and it's like a split scene. Like you see him, and they're like go, yeah. and he turns around, and it's that guy from the stunt double <laughs> scene, and he just kind of jumps over over a thing, and he's just like. It, yeah. And it's like a blip. It's a split. Yeah. Like they weren't showing the stunt double doing something. It was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The scene right before that, when those big doors are shutting and all four of them jump through that door is, <laughs> is the stunt doubles. I mean, it yeah. is, it's the stunt doubles. So, I mean, yeah, that's who we caught. We caught because they're the ones who jumped <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant, man. Uh, just good stuff. I love how uh, it's, uh, uh, Daphne Zagina's uh, stunt double is like a little skinny dude with a cigar. <laughs> cigar in his mouth and, and the dress. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's just great, man. And then also, I mean, come on, man. The, the you know, William Hurt doing the alien scene again. <laughs> oh, no, not again. You know? yeah, right. And then coming out and doing the Michigan J Frog. Hello, my honey. Hello, my best. You know, yeah. We, Great. There, there's so much in that end scene that is so good. Yeah. She's just like, she's she's just used to this. The waitress, because waitresses <laughs> yeah. just go through a bunch of crap every day. It's right. Like, it's like, this dude's getting his chest ripped out by this alien. He's like dying on the table. She's like, oh, what did that guy have? She's like, ah, yeah, the special. He <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't care. Like, I'm working, you know, like I'm, everything's all good. Yeah, the alien, the alien running or getting lost in the like, uh oh, things are bad things. William Hurt. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. I mean, but, like, we were all lost. Harry started running around. I think we're on Pluto. <laughs> but, <laughs> Harry, how can you tell? He's like, from the box, you dummy. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Dick Van Patten is Princess Vespa's dad, you know. The the, the code on the luggage. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, <laughs> three, four, five. <laughs> That's the same as the number of my luggage. <laughs> Sounds like an idiot would have on his luggage. Oh, that's the same. She's she's gone from suck to blow. I love, I love how there's a big giant switch, like yeah, the, the exactly. like the designer of the of the of the machine, like the designer of the giant transformer. It's like okay, we're at some point we're gonna have to turn the spaceship into a giant maid, and what we're gonna do is like have her vacuum cleaner have a giant like planet sized switch to just flip or function <laughs> yeah it's just again it's, it's it's sometimes things are just not funny but somehow mel brooks can make it funny you know sometimes you just need a little stupid in your life yeah sure. <laughs> this is so good man and yeah it's classic and- Oh, I mean, man. I was, I grew up a fan, of course, I was, I was 17 when this came out, so I didn't get to play Spaceballs, but I remember on HBO, way before Spaceballs came out, they would always show Hardware Wars, you know, which <laughs> is the first kind of Star Wars spoof, so I already had this hankering for that kind of humor, because, you know, uh, it's kind of, kind of the same thing, it's just, Mel Brooks did it his own way, so not a not a far reach, you know. Of course, the Hardware Wars. I mean, they're just taking a, a flat iron and making it fly through space. Right. You know, so. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I remember like when Spaceballs used to come on, and me and my friends. And you said you were seventeen, so that would have made me like twelve. <laughs> like, so it wasn't like we were like, "Hey, it's Spaceballs," but I think it was like we were in our in our school desks being like. <laughs> You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like yeah. Again, yeah. For for all of the people who are offended by guns, all you got to do if they if they ban guns is you got to take anything that is flat-ish, like that's a phone, that's a pen, and you got to just do it like chopstick style. Is you take that barrel and you set it into your hand. And now you have a blaster. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I remember that being like, it's like, like Lone Star. Like, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, the scene where he's playing with the dolls, man. I mean, <laughs> I did not catch you playing with your dolls again, sir. <laughs> Again, sir. Like that's <laughs> good. Oh, <laughs> uh, and yeah. now we meet for the first time, for the last time. For the last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the the whole. I mean the swart and all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's all Mel Brooks. Huber, you know, throwing that stuff in. It's there, liquid so. Schwartz. It's like an old school commercial. <laughs> it's like, look in your glove compartment. It's liquid Schwartz. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we could keep quoting the, the movie sure. all night. You should go watch the movie, guys. Go Absolutely. watch the movie. Um, we didn't even talk about the, the dinks. <laughs> Ding 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 ding. <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> All right, so I didn't want to do this, and you know, you have announced it on Legion. Yeah. If you've made it this far onto the show, we we're, we've got a show planned for next week. We huh? don't we don't have a show planned for the following week. We we will. Yeah. But this is one of those situations where. We're we're gonna shut down awesome at least for a little while because Rick Rick has some things that he's gotta deal with and I've got some things I've gotta deal with and Yep. We're gonna make it to episode fifty two. We're gonna make it through one whole year of podcasting. The the one did we meet we missed a week on the audio. I don't think we've missed a week on uh we we haven't missed a week um in content except for maybe on the audio side because you posted last week's epics regardless we'll be 52 weeks of shows it'll be a one full year of episodes and then we've got to put a fork in it um is it the end of you know it's awesome i don't know who knows we don't know. We don't know what Ricky's situation is going to be. We don't know what my situation is going to be. And we'll talk about this probably in a little more depth next week. It's not a goodbye or anything like that. But the situation is that Ricky has things he needs to deal with. And I just got a new job. <laughs> I've got to do like, I don't, I don't know. I have no control over my schedule over the next like month and a half. Yeah. So, um, and that includes like overnights, week like travel and all kinds of strange stuff that they may have me do. So, and it's, it is a very positive thing because I've been, I've been jobless and broke as ass for a long time. <laughs> so I need to not be broke as ass <laughs> and I need, I need to have a job. So, um, and I'm just getting old. <laughs> it's i mean That's it's just working me. it's just it's you know it's just gotta work out the way it works out yeah. um but i'm never one to to i i'm 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 friday the 13th is like my favorite franchise where they're just like well he's dead nope he's not dead yep he's dead nope <laughs> he's not dead uh you know like so whether or not how, however 
I'll still be podcasting. I enjoy this. Yeah. Rick will be around in some capacity, whether he's a regular host or a guest It'll host. Pop up whatever. here and there, right? You know, um, and it's it's just one of those things where, like you said, it, it's it's you know dealing with the stuff, and you know by no means, I mean, scary dad. You know, if, if you're liking this, man. You know, if you if you don't have any more awesome to listen to, go listen to Scary Dad. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> we have a good time. Um, yeah. And, and you know, we're we're going to close Awesome Down at one year. It'll be a kick-ass record. It'll be a, it. Yeah. We we made a record. It's fifty-two hours of content. <laughs> whenever we whenever we uh, go ahead and 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 turn the key on it. And you know what? I may decide to keep it going solo. I might bring sure. on another host. Um, Rick might came come back, and instead of doing fifty two episodes in a year, we might do six. You know, who knows? <laughs> it'd, like, it'd be like a, a bi monthly podcast. I don't know, but we'll we'll figure yeah. it out. But the, I guess the 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 query for the evening is we've got one and a half episodes of your feedback. If you want us to do a show that we haven't done, and I don't mean like a scary dad episode. I don't mean a, a short bus episode. If you want to, you know, what's awesome episode that we haven't talked about. Yep. Let us know what that might be because we've done a whole show. It's open for a singular show that could be several different topics if we want it to be, but then our finale show as well, which will be, you know, if you guys want to send any kind of messages or questions or ideas for what the finale show should be, put, put that stuff out there because we're, we're really kind of scratching our heads going, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't think like if we were going to just keep on going every every week and being like hey let's talk about this and let's talk about that and let's talk about guitars and let's talk about microphones but right. but the fact that we actually have to to wrap it yeah like we're going to be like okay well that's a wrap what do we want to end on it's right. like well do we want to end on something we already talked about or something new or where where are we at and it gets a little head scratchy and a little right. strange but guys seriously on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you can find us, if you're interested in contributing to our final two episodes, just as a, you know, even if we don't make a whole show about it, but, you know, what's your thoughts on Old Spice? Be like, (laughs) I wear it every now and then and move on. Like, I don't care, but it's fun. So, (laughs) yep. So, yeah. uh, Questions, comments, suggestions, put them out there. Donations. We haven't even talked about that. <laughs> like, yeah, you, sure. You want to send us 50 cents? I'll split them. I'll split the, <laughs> split those quarters. Um, but no, thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. That was Spaceballs. And we are not going to end an awesome podcast on any kind of like serious or sad note. It was just going to be fun like it's always been. But yeah. just to let you know, we got crap we got to deal with because it's been a really <laughs> weird ser- series of months. So, uh, all right. With that, that's been episode, and we will shout at you next week. Adios. Adios.